is not a laughter laughing matter there is the church of Christ that has fallen right and that's why you are here this is not a fiesta hey hey there's a party it's not that right do you understand that or you still don't understand that there is a church that has fallen and there is a serious mission to take the church away from the enemy and give back to Jesus right and now as I speak we are now beginning to get our bearing to leave for India and we have decided to do this here to continue doing this uh, in the name of Jesus but there are many nations that are waiting and this is a serious matter there is a fallen church that the devil wants to bring down to hell are we still together on that and so please let us just be a little careful and uh, help tomorrow we have another session that starts in the day we're going to start in the day tomorrow it's the final session and then uh, we will be getting our way out of here towards the nation of india who are waiting for this and um, india we have also cut down a bit on you you removed uh, uh cover from the mission thank you so much for doing that and so forth we're also cutting down a lot of people on the from the mission so it's easier lighter and, and cheaper also you know, it, it's quite heavy it's quite heavy right now when you carry 22 people and then it's quite a bit it's quite and this christmas time flights are very expensive right yes so um now uh, the bishops who are married we appreciate that you are married but please sometimes you give room to another pastor instead of bringing your wife are we together yes sometimes if your husband is not there you can be here and take the message for the church but if your husband is here you just give room to another uh, pastor so that we, we appreciate you love each other which is a good thing we are happy you love each other in the marriage but this is now a different space okay yeah so you you give room to 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 uh to another pastor to sit and take the message are we together or not together yet? and i'm not implying uh edith not at all so don't feel guilty or anything but i'm just talking about the other bishops okay Kenyans. We want to hear from the Lord. There's always issues, issues, issues. There's so many places to fit chairs there. Yeah, they wonder what is wrong with these people. We, we are tuned in. The whole of Uganda is in Soroti now. What everybody, Kampala, everywhere, people are tuned in from all over the earth. And they're like, what is wrong with these Kenyans? What is their issue? We want to hear from the Lord, not them. They are asking, is there really an archbishop in that place? Does he have a calling of the Lord? And make sure you squeeze your seat so you create room. You know, you have, Kenyans, are, <laughs> you have to teach them everything, right? <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> what a country. Yes, you have also told them, please squeeze so we can get space. And the world is tuned in, they are listening to this. 
Can somebody sort this out once for all tonight? With did I hear anybody? With gravity. Extreme. Extreme. So that I don't do this anymore again ever. Because people are tuned in globally, they're waiting for this moment. And then we are busy dealing with Kenyans. You can go behind and pick somebody from behind there and bring it over there. How about the row that's normally behind there? On the road. The row of the road. Hapo, hapo, kumbuyako hapo. Iyo inakuanga nyuma hapo. And then the one that normally blocks these two places here. Next to a ghetto coming inside. Ay, Kenyans. Okay, so again I said, what we saw yesterday, let me just bring this to the Swahilis. I hope they are tuned in very well, the translators. Uh, what we saw yesterday is the gravity of the coming of the Messiah. That when, Messiah, when the Messiah comes, the Lord highlighted one thing yesterday. He highlighted the rescue. Because we read from the scripture I'm going to read again, which is First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 18. That is our lead scripture for now. And I know later you'll see me incorporating in other scriptures. John chapter 14, I will incorporate in other scriptures like, uh, like uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 50 to uh, 58 and so forth. There are quite a lot of scriptures. Philippians 3.20, First John 3.2, all the way to 3 where the instruction sits on be pure. Whoever has this hope purifies themselves for he is pure. So, um, yesterday we continue to highlight First Corinthians chapter 4 verses and this is just a summary. This is just a summary I'm raising to you. Yes, so that we can touch base and find exactly where we are. And uh, we saw first Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 all the way to 18. And what we saw there was quite amazing because we saw very clearly that the Lord is saying that when you read that scripture, the scripture that rolls out the rapture, the cascade of the rapture of the church, the coming of the Messiah, the first thing that hits you in the face is as you read. And then I said that it's very easy to just read through that scripture and then say you have read the scripture of rapture, now you understand, or you start working on the mechanics of how to prepare the church, how to adjust yourself on that. That's very powerful. But I said when you remove yourself just a little bit and you, you, you look at it from above, you say, what is the Lord saying? What is, what is, the, what is in here? Then we saw that the one that is being rescued is actually the light of the world. That currently, the reason the dominion of the Antichrist of wickedness is held back is because the church is in the land. The church is on the earth. That, that is what we saw. Everybody saw that. We were here. You made a lot of notes on that. We saw, again, for the Swahili that became confused a little bit in their translation at night, and they, were, they thought I was preaching on the church is the light of the world, the church is the salt of... That is also true. That's true. But there was a message. It was in context. It was in context. And I said very clearly that if you examine who it is that the Lord is snatching from the church, it appeared as though, look at this now, the very church that holds the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, him who holds back the 
Christ. Are we together? Is finally being withdrawn. So that was the gravity of the whole thing. Are we still together? So the Lord laid gravity yesterday strictly based on who is it that is being withdrawn? Who is being snatched? Who is being rescued from the sin? And so when you look at the role of that body of people, that group of people on the earth now, then the question was, Woe unto you whoever will remain here. Because we see that the church is the one that carries the Holy Spirit now. Bears the Holy Spirit. Bears the light of Christ. Bears the salt of God. The salt of salvation. And we say, it's very easy to say that the church, is, the church is taken, church is snatched. But just a moment, can we look at gravity? What is the role of the church on the earth right now? The church is the one right now that is holding the Holy Spirit. Who is holding back the dominion of wickedness and evil. Lawlessness. Let me put it even better for you. Tonight is going to be very deep here. Even lawlessness. It is the church holding back that dominion from being expressed or being fully blown up across the face of the earth. And so I say, now look, the very church, the very institution that is the light of the world, giving light to this world that's already become dark, and uh, giving salt, changing the course of discourse on this earth, like for example, I can give you an example, when uh, finally we decided, let's put the messages on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and all the social media. Social media used to be a place of which celebrities has gotten a new girlfriend. It used, they are trending. Which celebrity has wedded what? Which celebrity, which, which, which woman is pregnant with what? Girlfriend of who? That, that was social media trending. And so when we entered there, then we changed everything there. It became a cripple has walked. It became, there is a message, like now as we are here, it is always it's trending. It became the message of Christ. And that's why I'm saying that is the role of the church, to change the course of discourse, the course of, don't look at my head, you get hurt. So the, the, the course of conversation, to change the discourse on the earth, to change the salt, to change the profile of life on the earth. I've just given a simple example of social media. When we got there now, what is trending is that there is a cripple as what Jesus has raised a cripple. So it totally changed the conversation there from immorality of who has aborted and who has, uh, which celebrity has become pregnant or gotten a new girlfriend or which gospel artist has dumped his girlfriend, gotten a new one. We moved it out of there. That is the role of the church. So, what I was bringing to you yesterday is very simple. So, Benham's, you can always come and sit here, right? Where are you going to sit? No, don't worry. Someone will bring a chair. They will move one by one until they will give you a chair here. And again, Kenyans are being hard globally as I'm arranging their chairs. And so, very, very serious. This is extremely very serious. That is what the Lord laid yesterday. The Lord simply asked, say, it is very easy and simple to say, the church has been snatched away. The rapture will take away the church. But just a moment, can we just stop a moment and look at the gravity of that, of that act of taking away the church? Then we found that the one that is actually being taken away is the very light of the world. The one that has been shining light 
in this dispensation and at least neutralizing evil neutralizing wickedness are we together so we saw that very clearly yesterday because that is what i wanted this for the swahili speakers and uh, translators the, the, there you go now because he went and said something else but it's all right so the gravity was this the gravity was if you are removing the church from the earth then what type of earth will it be and the message was very simple to deter you from failing to be taken in the rapture are we still together the message was simple to stop you to stop you from failing to be taken up in the rapture okay can you get your seats and go upstairs everybody those that have come in if you have no seats get your seats quickly and rush upstairs and i know that machari is there and other people are organizing that joan mutai is arranging that they get their seats and they go upstairs they get their seats viti kiti ya kuketi macharia so what the lord is saying is very simple the lord is saying that far from saying the rapture the rapture the church is taken the church will be taken that that's all right we know the church will be taken but can we stop for a moment and examine the gravity of taking away the church from the earth and that that should deter you or anyone else from wanting to remain on the earth hallelujah that should stop you from complacency in your christian life that was the objective yesterday because we saw very clearly that now if you take away the church the light of the world and then you go ahead and take away the salt of the earth the same church the one that is currently at least neutralizing evil at least when there's so much wickedness out there you can now tune on Jesus is on radio and you hear this message going on and it will neutralize evil it will redirect the earth the whole earth is tuned in right now so listen to this now if you take away that from the earth that, that is a free fall right and that is the message you were sharing yesterday and we saw very clearly blessed people again and again that you don't want to be found in that dominion that is why that is why i brought this to you yesterday that you may not be found in that dominion you may not be found in that dispensation on the earth hallelujah and then i said the following the lord again said in this place that look the church is the one that is charged with evangelism with reaching out bringing jesus to people telling people don't worry there is the cross there is the blood there is salvation the grace is on don't worry to reach out and i said the following i read from zechariah chapter 3 whereby the lord is rebuking satan satan appears when joshua was appearing before the lord joshua Josue in spaniel there represents he represents israel and the angel of the lord there is the messiah so this was a prophetic event that was happening before the throne of god so now when joshua appears before the lord and then the lord rebuked satan that also appeared there and the lord asked him is this man not a stick snatched from the fire and i say that you should remember the time i gave an elaborate global service here where i handled that fire i say that fire is sin because sin the wages of sin is the lake of fire the lake of burning sulfur and i said that therefore now 
It is the church that is running out. I use the word bomberos. Bomberos. In Spanish. You know, I didn't even translate it to them. So even when I went upstairs, I said, oh, oh, I didn't translate to them bomberos. So they may not even have understood what I was saying. I used the word bomberos in Spanish. Bomberos are extinguishers. So it's the church running to snatch people from the fire and bring to Christ. But if the Lord now, look at this now, is withdrawing them, how worse, how terrible would the earth be? They are the ones snatching people from the fire right now. The Christians, you are the ones. And I said, you are the ones then the Lord now is withdrawing. Withdrawing from the sin. How terrible is the condition of the earth? I'm beginning to bring gravity to you on the consequence of the rapture, on the bigger picture. So when you read the scripture of 1 Thessalonians, you don't just read it. You don't just read it and say, oh yes, he's going to take the church. There is consequence there. There is some serious consequence there, eternal. Because that means there will be a free fall in terms of wickedness and evil and sin and lawlessness, right? Are we together? So I say it, when you are reading scripture, when you are reading, and I want Eugene to be following what Randy is doing, and I've said, let him remove the earphone. I, I will have to come there. Yesterday I came all the way. We are live on air. I just want him to know which buttons Randy is touching. And it, it, I told him, remove the earphone. You, you don't even look complicated with that. You just remove that earphone. It's not necessary. Just follow what Randy is doing so you can be fit for purpose. You can serve here. Just check what Randy is doing with your eyes. Know which buttons, where the database is. So this is very amazing that I'm doing this. I think there's an archbishop in the land, right? We will handle this tonight exhaustively, right? Terminally, and the general here, just terminate this issue, finally. So listen to this now. I said, if the one reaching out and snatching people from the fire is the one now being withdrawn, time is over, get out of here. And I gave the reasons as to why the church is being withdrawn. The three and a half years. The three and a half years. A time, times, and half time. That the Lord is saying, no, 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 I have to take my people out now. I have to rescue them. They will get hurt. He's now pulling them out. Then how terrible is the earth? That is now the message that came through yesterday. It was in context. When I said the light of the world, the salt of the earth, in context of rapture, when you're snatching them, you're taking them away. The ones evangelizing Jesus, the ones given the mandate to reach out on this great commission, to change the destiny, the eternity of people, nations, you are now withdrawing them. How worse is the condition of the earth? Are we now together? And so that was the gravity of the conversation we had yesterday. And we saw very clearly that the Lord has removed the church from... Uh, this place, and yet the church is the one busy removing people from the lake of fire. That is their mandate. So how terrible then. Hallelujah. Snatching them from the fire and so forth. And we saw that the church must soon be removed because of the terrible time that is coming. And I said that when you read First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18, which we are going to read today, again, that is the first thing that hits you. There are a few things that hit you, right? We're going to read it again. One of the things that hits you is the imminency of his return. That, okay, this wonderful day you are talking about, when is it? And then you find that the day and the hour is not known. So in other words, you're being instructed to be ready all the time. Are we together? 
Because no, the, the, the Lord does not want you to roast in the lake of fire. Not at all. I don't want, because that's, that's why I'm here. You see that? The Lord does not. That's why he sent us to you. Right? And so, the imminency should instruct how you, your preparedness is executed. How you begin to prosecute your life in the public place now is different now. Now you're executing more righteousness and exuding holiness as, you, as you're walking out there and living out there. Hallelujah. And that's the reason. That's the reason the Lord was speaking about these things. That there are things that hit you. I'm going to read it again and then you'll see something else that will strike your face as you, are, as you do this, right? And again, I'm saying all this with a lot of joy and love for you, the love of Christ. Those of you tuned in, I know you are quick to clap, which is very good, but you know, I have a global audience. I have people in New York City, you know, people in the whole of Europe and Asia. Thank you so much for clapping. But I'm saying to all of you that uh, I come to you in your living rooms, in your churches, those gathered in churches, even in Uganda, you're meeting in, in, uh, in uh, Soroti, I think, right now with widows big meetings going on there and all over the world there are meetings South Korea and everything every time zone. But what I'm saying is that uh, the reason I bring you these tidings with joy is because I know that when you hear this you are going to change. You're going to make sure that your focal point now becomes your entry into glory. That you don't suffer that which many that have not heard will suffer or many that did not receive Jesus will suffer, right? And so again now very powerful we saw in, in, in our Genesis, I mean as we started this journey, that when you read that first Thessalonians chapter 13, I mean chapter 4 verse 13, to again first Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, when you read it, the, the, the imminency strikes you that all of a sudden this thing will happen, and then there is a transformation we saw also, right? That there is a change that must take place. People must be changed. You see that those who have died earlier, holy at the time of their death, they are called asleep. You understand? And when you say asleep, meaning they are going to be woken up, and when they come up, when they are resurrected, we saw that they must be transformed and glorified and snatched up, right? And then we also saw, I'm simply summarizing yet, I'm not begun yet, I'm simply catching base with all of you. And then we saw also that those who are alive and holy at that time, they will be also translated, right? And taken up. And so when the question came in the church in Thessaloniki, which came up, came as an ignorance, it was kind of a misinformation or not well informed, ill informed, when they were asking, what will happen to our loved ones that have died? Let me repeat this. That church, after three weeks, that was Paul's second journey. After preaching to them for three weeks, then the church is planted. When the church was planted, all doctrines were taught. The doctrine of sin and consequence, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, separation, repentance, and all these things were taught. And then, on top of that, they were taught about the coming of the Messiah. If you so will, in other languages, you can call it eschatology. End time and the coming of the Messiah was taught to them. So once they were taught about the coming of the Messiah, once they were taught about the coming of the Messiah, blessed people, you're still focusing on me, and then, they began to wait for the Messiah right away. Right away began to wait for Jesus. And it was such a situation. They began to wait for Christ. Instantly and immediately. Now we together. And that became an indictment, a rebuke to the present day church. 
Because remember, that's first century church. They're already waiting for Christ. And most of them gave their homes. They gave in Swahili, they say, Can you imagine that? They gave their homes, they gave everything, and they packed a small bag, and they went into the public parks. They started worshipping, they're waiting for the Messiah. But in the process, their loved ones began to die. Some out of persecution, remember persecution from the Romans, persecution also coming from uh, other quarters, the, 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 the synagogue and so forth. And some were dying natural deaths. And that's when they asked, what is going to happen? Does it mean the souls of those who are buried are totally lost? So that can tell you right away that there was another misinformation. So it's not just lack of information. You have to be very careful there. There was another misinformation that must have come to them saying that the soul sleeps. So they were thinking the soul is the one that is buried, right? And so they cried out. And that's why the Lord answered them. And in this tremendous answer, then came forth a big discourse, an exhaustless theme about the coming of the Messiah now. When the Lord said, no, don't worry, they will benefit from the rapture even before you. Because in any case, when you are born again and holy and you die, your soul goes straight to be with the Lord. It's a conscious fellowship, appearance before the Lord. And then it's the body that is buried. We saw that. And so, therefore then, we saw very clearly that from that answer, the issue of ignorance in the church. We said, okay, so be it that the church in Thessaloniki is ignorant. But how about this church? Can we then examine this church? And what came out was quite enormous. That even in this age, the ignorance is worse, is worse in the church. Because, for example, I can tell you this. If you are not aware of the state of the soul, the condition of your soul, then you are going to live carelessly with your soul. And if you don't, if you're not careful, you end up in the lake of fire. If you don't see the treasure of your soul and the need to guard your soul as the most important component in you, then most likely you're going to lose your soul. Losing meaning in the lake of fire. And that's why these things became very pertinent now in terms of your Christian salvation here and now. Are we together? So look at this now. Then the issues arose in how the present day church is working with Christ. If you see how they are dressed, you see how they preach, what gospel they preach, how they live their Christian life, they are thinking, they are living thinking God is not holy. That's all you can infer from the way they are living their lives. Because if they are incorporating sin, that means they have not understood that they serve the holy God of Israel. And then look at this now. The, the Jehovah, my sender, is very holy. But look at this now. Today they have hewn unto themselves even another gospel. The gospel of prosperity. Which kind of trivializes holiness, trivializes the holiness of God, kind of brings in the self-entitlement. Where now someone says, oh, you see, once you're born again, it's a finished job, you're going to enter heaven. They start saying those things, and yet we know that the Christian life on this earth is a serious battle. A serious war. If you ever get a chance to read Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. That the enemy wants to take you down. And that's why 
we saw that the Lord bringing very big correction into the church was very important. So can we just read the scripture again and get pick our bearing again? I know that much was spoken there. But we, if you read, if you read that same First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18, the things that hit you there, I said, the massive transformation that, okay, the imminence of his return, you want to know when is this going to happen. And then the big transformation that happens there. But in there, you also found now that the matters of the soul, the condition of the soul, the status of the soul. And then in there, death and resurrection, which is really the thing the Lord was exalting before them. Why are you wailing like that? Look right before you there. No, you know that when Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ, and I said that if, that if is not as though you are doubting if Jesus at all died and resurrected. Not at all. That if I even try to open it up for you is like when he said, if I go to the Father and prepare a place for you, I will come back. That if is a certainty actually. Are we together? So we saw very clearly there, blessed people, that the Lord is saying, resurrection is the center. Resurrection is the center of the conversation. Are we together? That resurrection is the hope and that is where the Lord... Okay, don't stop looking at people at the door. Please just focus on me so that we can move. Resurrection is what... Death and resurrection of Christ is what the Lord was presenting to you, presenting to the church as the hope of the church. That only that enough is enough. Because there is no religion like this. And we saw very clearly that that resurrection... I'm just talking about the things we saw. Already, you, you, I was quite elaborate. I made re-emphasis, and you rewrote, rewrote them severally also. That that resurrection is meant to focus you to glory now. That your citizenship is now in heaven. It's meant now to focus you into the kingdom of God. That that resurrection is meant to tell you that this earth is not your home, this world. That that resurrection is meant to cause you now to value your salvation more, to take it much more seriously, because there's an eternal value, everlasting value now, everlasting life, unpurchasable. Are we together? We saw that yesterday. And so, and then the day before yesterday. And so now, I want us to read this scripture again, blessed people, because tonight I know we're going up, up to about 10 or 11 p.m. I want to read this scripture again and bring it to your attention. And he says the following. Again, First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18. Then we see what else will strike your face, as, uh, will, will scream out to you as you read it. Are we together, everybody? And globally tuned in all over the world? Hallelujah. With joy, I bring this to you, even as we begin to take our bearing towards India. Hallelujah. And so he says the following. Now, brothers and sisters, that is the church, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So he's talking about not being informed, not being aware or enlightened about the death and resurrection of the believers. And yet that is our hope, right? So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so, we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So the other translations like King James, they say, if we believe, if we believe, if at all we believe, 
that Christ Jesus died and rose again. Then you you know, so that if is what I was addressing there. But it's a certainty. I have spoken with the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Hallelujah. So he liveth, right? So he's saying that the death and resurrection of Jesus is actually the foundation of the rapture. Foundation of your salvation, in other words, right? And he says verse 14, for if we believe for, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So for me, if I were you, if I were you, I would ask many questions here. One of the questions I would ask, because I don't want to take chances then, I would ask, then what does it mean to fall asleep in Christ Jesus? Or if you read a scripture that says, for there is therefore no condemnation, for those who are in Christ Jesus. The most important part of the script, that scripture is, what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? That I don't take chances. Right? Then you'll find a lot of things there. You'll find separation. You'll find living after his teachings, following his teachings, following his life's example, and so forth and so forth. Right? Repentant at their point of death. Holy at their point of death. So these are very tricky. Because, you know, if you die of having backslid, that is serious. That is absolutely serious. And you must highlight that. That must be highlighted. So people are safeguarded, no, no, given a chance not to, as a warning flag, not to fall. Hallelujah. And so this is what he's raising here. He says, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, and are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Then I mentioned the following. That the use of we, we, we there implies the following, uh, the above. It implies the following. When he's saying we, we who are still alive, we, is saying that that church in the first century were expecting the rapture to happen in their time. That's number one. Number two, he's using that we to refer to a generation that will be alive at that rapture. In other words, the last generation. The last. The last generation when now the rapture takes place. Those will be alive at that moment. Do you understand me now? This is serious. What is addressing here? So he's addressing we. So you have to be very careful as you read scripture. This we is an indictment to the present day church that if they were waiting for Christ to come in the rapture in the first century, 100 years, and now it's more than 2,000, how much more should you be waiting for the coming of the Messiah? How much more? Hallelujah. And so, okay, so... Hallelujah. And so now we understand everything very well. Because he's saying we refers to that final generation that will be alive when the rapture takes place. And it's also referring to the fact that they were alive then and they were waiting for, they thought they were the final generation. Hallelujah. And so we need to be ready all the time because of that, right? And also need to understand that for them, if at that time they gave up their houses and everything in context, I mean, rather because of the announcement that the Messiah is coming, they took it as is supposed to be taken, literally. 
And then how much more you that the clock has been stopped and more than 2,000 years have passed? Hallelujah. And so this is very serious now. And then he goes on to say, again, another thing he says in verse 15 is that, for, look at this now. He says, according to the Lord's own word, meaning the rapture of the church is the word of Jesus himself. So let nobody come to you and say, oh no, but the rapture is not in the church. It's not in the Bible, rather. Let, let nobody tell you that. Thank you. Macharia, you will one time. So let nobody come to you and say, oh no, but the rapture is not in the church. It's not in the Bible, rather. Let, let nobody tell you that. Thank you. Macharia, you will one time sit down and take the... Those who died before the rapture, rather. Again, we are together. You have the living, the living Christians and those who are asleep. Those who are dead, right? And he's saying that when the rapture happens, priority will be given to those who slept before you. That's why they told them, don't worry, their souls are not lost. In fact, they will benefit first before you. Their souls are coming with Christ. And then, right away, their bodies will be glorified and their souls enter into their eternal bodies. Before you, after that, that those who are alive will now join them. Hallelujah. So he's talking about a preference, a preference that heaven makes on those that have fallen asleep first as priority. And then they are taken up. And I remember in one of the visions when I was doing global service here, then the Lord showed me his return. So what shocked me at that time, I said, why has he returned with so many people? I thought he was coming alone. And then only later I understood he came with the souls of those that slept earlier. But we also realize the following. We also realize the following. That when the Lord refers to death as sleep, was a very serious warning to the church. It's a serious warning the Lord was laying to the church. When he refers to death as sleep, we saw that the Lord was simply telling you and the church that be careful now. You cannot just wander your life here on the earth and say, oh, it's my life, I live as I want. He said, no, be careful. Right ahead here, everybody must wake up. Right in front, death is simply a door. Right ahead of us here, as you see in the book of Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life, others to everlasting shame and everlasting contempt.